Welcome to episode number 69 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. We're creating a global community around process safety and industries handling combustible dust. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. Today's episode, we're giving a case study about a dust explosion in a fish meal factory in Norway from 1975. This case study is taken from chapter 2, section 5 in Dust Explosions in the Process Industries by Dr. Rolf Eckhoff. And we've seen several of these incidents over the last number of years at fish meal factories around the world, actually, in the incident database. So in July of 2018, we saw a silo explosion in Norway, interestingly enough, I believe in Halsa, Norway. Uh, and they also had a report explosion in 2017. And then back to 2016, we had a fish meal explosion in Alaska. This was actually an open area of the building, um, but it caused a lot of damage to pipes and blew at some of the doors. So it was a, a quite large explosion. Important note here is that, is that fish meal is generally reported as a you know a low reactivity dust. The explosion parameters are not that high. Same as bone meal, same as blood meal. Uh, they don't have this high explosion properties. But uh, as we see in this case study, they can still result in a pretty large uh, dust explosion. And specifically in this case study, two people were injured, and unfortunately one of those people was fatally injured um, during the explosion. I chose this case study because there's a couple interesting things that come up with uh, inadequate design of processing systems, uh, inadequate design and an absence of safety systems I think are interesting that probably apply across the, a broad spectrum of processing operations. So I thought it might be of interest to those that are listening to this podcast episode, interest to yourself to go through this incident. And then I also picked it because we've had fish meal explosions elsewhere in the world, just to show that this is a important uh, area to consider along with other food processing operations. So in this case study, we're going to go through some background of what the facility looked like. We're going to talk about the processing system. We're going to talk about some of the inadequate designs, one of the silos that were in the processing system and, and other system design flaws like the hammer mills and, and um, dealing with trend metal and some different things like that. We're going to describe the actual dust explosion incident, and then we'll conclude summarizing some of the technical deficiencies that led to this actual explosion. Unfortunately, the reporting doesn't have enough information on the team involved or on the managerial staff or anything like that to do a really deep dive in, and determine some of the managerial deficiencies. But it's important to note that in all incidents, in all cases, these technical deficiencies were or are a result of decisions that were made by a person to actually go ahead with that type of system or to run that system, either knowingly or unknowingly, and, and generally it's unknowingly, that led to the explosion. So it's really important to dig into these these root cause factors and go farther up the tree. We just don't have the material to do that in the specific case study, but I still want to share some of these technical deficiencies that we that we found in this incident. So this dust explosion happened in August of 1957 um, in a coastal town in the west coast of Norway. Uh, it was at a fish meal grinding plant. And if you don't know about fish meal, this is where they take the leftover fish after fishing operations and they... You know, they clean the fish and they they ship it out. But all the extra stuff that's there, they take that and they grind it um, and dry it into a powdered fish meal. And this is usually used to feed animals or in agricultural settings. Um, and it's not just fish. They do it with uh, bone meal and blood meal and um, all sorts of different operations make these kind of meal products where they, they grind it down for agricultural operations. The plant itself consisted of a large wooden building, about 30 meters tall, had several large storage and mixing silos throughout the building. And the kind of processing operation took unground fish meal, put it on a conveyor system, uh, conveyed this into a hammer mill. This hammer mill dumped into three three-meter diameter, 12-meter tall storage silos, and we'll talk about these silos 
specifically because they, they played an important role in the incident. Um, these are dumped into screw conveyors, which then are brought along into the bucket elevators, which bring the material back up and through screens and then go through the hammer mill again. So you have the underground fish meal, goes into the hammer mills, goes into the silos after the hammer mills, goes with a screw conveyor up to the bucket elevators, and then gets um, brought back up through the screens and back into the hammer mill. So the silos themselves were not functioning properly, but the main purpose was to store fish meal from the night shift to allow screening operations to only happen during the day. So you work with a a smaller shift load during the night, um, store up the material, and then allow it to go back through the screens and finish processing during the day shift with more workers on site. But they had a lot of issues with the silo. Um, Specifically, there was bridging, there was no flow, they had our time getting material out of the silos. And this inadequate design basically led to them not using the silos. So they really left open and let material flow through. And there, there really was little material left in the silos, except for that that accumulated and kind of spored this dust explosion. So you have these silos, they're kind of now acting like big dust collectors underneath the hammer mills, just collecting all the material and feeding it straight through into the screw conveyors and then back into the, the system. They also had some other system design flaws, in particular the hammer mills, produced large quantities of dust, but there was no extraction system. This dust then coated the inside of these large silos, these 12-meter tall silos. Um, Because you didn't have material flowing through them, and these had a nice thick layer of dust coating inside these silos, Uh, the dust also migrated elsewhere in the plant. And because the hammer mill was grinding the material down, it had a very small particle size, and on very hot days, this would be very dry dust, um, collecting up in different parts of the facility and collecting up in these empty silos. Furthermore, the screw conveyors had bolts that were bolting the blades to the shaft, and these bolts broke very regularly, likely due to material fatigue. So after running for so long, the, the bolt would snap off, and the ends of the bolts would snap off. Um, then they get moved through the system, through the screens, and back into the into the hammer mill, and then kind of go into the, the system and bang around the hammer mill. So this the operators knew that there were bolts in the hammer mill if they heard noises um, of the, the bolts being moving through there. So then they would go and open a chute and wait for the metal to work its way out, depending on which of the four hammer mills that it was. So then on the day of the dust explosion, um, workers were getting ready for startup for the night shift. And upon the startup, they heard the they heard fugitive material in the mill. So they heard bolts that were rattling around in the hammer mills. One of the workers went to mill two and mill four and did the normal operation, opened the chutes, um, waited for the, the fugitive material, the foreign material to work its way out. But when they went to open mill one, because they heard more material in that second hammer mill, or in the third hammer mill, when they opened the chute, they saw what was described as sparks. This was likely burning fish meal. Um, an explosion ejected a strong flame from the chute. Witnesses also heard a whistling sound as the explosion propagated through the silos below the hammer mills. And then the fugitive dust around from further jet flames and explosions that came out of the different parts of the processing materials caused the dust to dislodge and caused larger explosions. So people that were standing outside, uh, the processing plant or witnesses, saw a four to five meter flame shooting out of the roof for 30 to 45 seconds. So there's one very distinct large bang, a very distinct explosion, followed by this kind of whistling noise, and then large flames ejecting from the roof of the, the plant itself uh, for several, you know, for almost half a minute after the explosion, which was burning off all of this fugitive fish meal. Again, two workers were injured. Unfortunately, one was fatally injured due to burns received during the explosion. 
So just looking at this incident, then there's a, a number of technical deficiencies, again, that contribute to actually having the explosion. And we're going to talk through some of these just to finish off this episode. So one of these is that sparks probably did not ignite that material, did not ignite the dust. What likely happened was that the metal um, from the bolts got stuck in the hammer mill and heated up after repeatedly going through the system. And then that heat up enough to ignite the fish meal material and cause a, a combustion or smoldering um, nest in there. And then that was what ignited the dust cloud when the shoe was opened um, and caused the explosion. Again, I'll note that fish meal in standard laboratory tests generally gives a, a weak explosion, but that's not to mean it's not a hazard and it's not a severe hazard. When allowed to accumulate and when allowed to have an explosion like this happen in this fish meal plant, it can be very devastating to the workers and very devastating to the plant overall. So even though it has low explosion parameters, it can still be and is still a large hazard. Fugitive dust played an important role in escalation of the explosion. Um, not having isolation between the, between the equipment also played an important role. Having these silos that were coated with the fish meal dust really acted as you know, large dust explosion bombs. They had no processing reason for being there because they weren't working correctly. If they were working correctly and even had a head of material, um, they may have been able to stop the explosion propagating. But really, this acted as big flame tubes uh, as the explosion carried on. And then as it got out of the processing machinery, um, it picked up a lot of fugitive dust around and, and caused a larger explosion to happen. Process design was obviously inadequate. The silos didn't serve their purpose. There was no process for picking up or extracting the dust that was generated. There's no process for automatic shunting or removal of tramped metal. And even the process that they had, the manual process of clearing the hammer mills from tramp metal was, was obviously questionable as this you know, led to the, the large explosion or the cause of the explosion in itself. There's a lot of technical deficiencies here. And I want to take, take a point to, again, highlight that this could happen in a lot of processing operations. This is a pretty common workflow. We have raw material coming in, goes to a hammer mill, goes to some silos, then is carried along between screws and conveyors and bucket elevators back into screens. You know, this is a very typical um, scenario for, for processing of food material. And that an incident like this could happen from any one of these kind of technical deficiencies happening. So that's it for this episode of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. Specifically, we were talking about this case study, this dust explosion in a fish meal factory in Norway. We cover background of the plant itself and the processing operation. We talked about inadequacies in the design, including the silo, the hammer mill, how they're dealing with tramp metal, the screw conveying system, even having some administrative controls to go in and, and replace those screws before they would break off would have been a good first step. Well, there's obviously a lot of other technical deficiencies there that need to be, be remedied as well. And we describe the dust explosion, how it took place, how it started in the opening, in the open chute that was opened by a worker, propagated into the silos, made its way outside the processing equipment, then picked up fugitive dust, and resulted in these, these very large four to five meter flames ejecting from the, the roof of the building for 35, 45 seconds. So quite a large scale explosion in this 30 meter tall processing complex. And then at the end of the podcast, we talk through some of these um, technical deficiencies, things like fugitive dust play an important role, having inadequate process system design, ineffective use of removing tramp metal, um, and all those sorts of things that we talked about. So that's it for this episode of the podcast. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave them at dustsafetyscience.com. As always, I want to say thank you for listening. Have a safe week ahead. And I appreciate everything you're doing in industry handling combustible dust around the world and all the work that you're doing to improve safety in the industries that you're working with.